to the God of War preview event was made possible by PlayStation. Hey everyone, Andrew Renee here for What's Good Games. I'm here with Jeet Shroff, the engineering lead at Sony Santa Monica, working on God of War, coming to the PlayStation 4. And I had the opportunity to sit down and play the game today for a couple of hours. I'm going to hold my thoughts on that for just a second because I have a lot to say. It looks amazing. You must be so proud of your team. Oh, yes, for sure. So I, I just to clarify, I'm the gameplay engineering lead. Uh, and uh, yeah, it is today is, is, is amazing to finally get, you know, the game in a sort of uh, press into press hands, first playable. You guys get a taste of what we've been cooking up for a long time. And it's, it's just exciting. Uh, and the team is very excited for launch. Shannon came out ahead of the gameplay session and talked about your studio and how Five years ago, you guys didn't really know what the path forward was. What did that mean for you personally? I mean, was there something back then that you had your eye on, but you maybe didn't fully realize? Or do you look at where you're at today and go, I don't know how I got here? Yeah, I think the, 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 I think the team itself felt like, uh, you know, something needed to change, uh, especially with sort of the, the arc that Kratos was on, the characters, the game itself, and, and sort of uh, after several iterations of doing sort of what we knew to do best, I think the team itself knew that, hey, you know, we, we got to relook at this. We got we to gotta, we gotta challenge ourselves in a different way. Uh, and a big part of that was taking what we knew, taking what was really familiar and something that we'd sort of done again and again and, and just break it apart completely and re-examine it and, and try to really reimagine it for a, a different genre, you know, a different sort of uh, player base as well. And, and just go, um, you know, how do, how do we want to evolve this? How do we want to take it forward uh, as we've changed ourselves, right? As we've matured ourselves and grown, uh, uh, how do we want these characters and this gameplay to feel different now? The gameplay certainly has a weightiness to it that I don't recall really feeling in previous iterations of the game. And I know a lot of that obviously has to do with this one camera cut theme that we have seen throughout the development of the game. You guys have spoken about that previously. But from your perspective, from the gameplay only, not looking at cutscenes, I mean, what does that mean to really kind of add that weightiness in? Like, how do how do you even accomplish something like that? Right. I mean, this is this was something that Corey was was all about from day one. Where you know he he there was there is a a level of groundedness that we really wanted to, to achieve with this game uh, that's very sort of uh, different in a way. In uh, and I think uh, having that feel of this like unflinching combat right every hit matters uh and and be and be able to deliver it in a way that wasn't sort of slow 
right? The combat experience in this game compared to others, uh, other iterations of our game, it's slightly slower for sure. Uh, but we wanted to maintain that fami- familiarity in terms of fluidity, right? The game is still very fluid. It plays fast. Uh, you know, moment to moment decisions matter. Uh, and, uh, I think, uh, adding that weight, like sort of weightiness that you're talking about was kind of critical in terms of delivering how sort of dangerous this world really is, right? How unflinching and sort of unforgiving this landscape is. It's not sort of, you know, a walk in the park, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, I think that's what we were, you know, really honing on in terms of each attack and each field for each of those attacks. It's really impressive the way that you guys have been able to achieve that through even small choices, things like the thunk the axe makes when it hits a target, or the feeling when Kratos is boosting Atreus up onto a ledge, or the satisfaction you get from breaking items on the ground. I mean, what kinds of things have you guys utilized within the tech of the DualShock 4 itself, and maybe even the console to really realize some of those tiny moments? So in, in terms of tech, I guess it's it's delivering on sort of that promise of a sort of full experience, right? So I think what the camera, the, the big change that we made with the camera is pulling it in really up close. Um, uh, it allowed us to sort of, uh, you know, imagine or, or sort of experience each of these moments very, very, you know, minutely in a way. Uh, and, you know, previous games, you know, camera way out far, not in your hands, not in your control. Now it's all about player choice. The camera's in your hands. You get to see what you, you know, you decide to some degree, but also, uh, every decision you make matters in the game, right? Throw the axe, impact. Uh, uh, being able to also throw the axe is a key part of that, which means we had to kind of, to some degree, go all in. If you're going to be able to throw the axe, well, it's going to want to go into the water. It's going to want to hit this, the, the metal. It's going to want to hit the grass. So we, we kind of had to, you know, out of the gate know people are going to want to mess around. People are going to want to experiment. People are going to make these choices. And when they do, we have to deliver on that realization. We have to deliver on that promise of you're, you're playing with the world. The world's going to react in the appropriate way. You're playing with these enemies in this way. They're going to react. And so I think that was something that we wanted to take on up front. And, and I think we sort of delivered in that the way that you're describing you experience. It's very satisfying in a way that I'm very happy about. Um, So speaking of enemies, the God of War franchise is known for these giant set-piece boss fights. And we saw a little inkling of that in the demo that I played today. Can fans of the franchise expect to see some of these really large set-pieces throughout their playtime in God of War? Yeah, so, th- so throughout the game, um, you know, Kratos and Atreus on this journey, uh, are gonna encounter, you know, a wide array of, of sort of creatures and, and enemies, uh, that, that we've been able to really tap into. This game is significantly larger than previous iterations of, of the franchise. Uh, and so we really had to kind of, you know, embrace the variety, uh, out of the gate and go, you know, we are gonna wanna give players uh, a, a lot of variety when it comes to enemies in terms of, and, and sort of the combinations of those enemies as well. Uh, and, and so what you saw in the demo is definitely something that, uh, is a, a snippet and a, a sort of slice of what that is. Uh, and, you know, there's definitely more to come in, in the, in the, the wide game. 
One of the words that kept sticking in my mind when I was looking at all of the different elements of gameplay coming together was balance. It felt so balanced between having a moment of exploration to find a crafting item, to having a combat encounter, to solving a puzzle with a Atreus. That is something that I don't recall really feeling previously in the franchise. It felt so combat-focused. Why was it so important for you guys as a team to really incorporate some other styles of gameplay into the reboot of God of War? Yeah, so I think the team itself, uh, you know, the, the, the combat team, the design team, the engineering teams, and the, the gameplay teams, and everybody knew we had to evolve this experience, right? So so your your core gameplay loop had to change. It had to become bigger. If you wanted to make the game as large as we did last that long, uh, we knew we had to bring in these components. We had to bring in these components of exploration, a little bit of upgrading, a little bit of tactics that's beyond sort of, uh, you know, square, square, triangle, which was our sort of go-to, right, in, <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. previous games. And so I think, uh, I think that, that was a big part of it. And, it. and it took us a while to sort of figure out what that formula was, right? How does, how does sort of the, the Kratos, Atreus, and enemies loop work then with the sort of overarching goal of, you know, the the characters themselves, their progression, and the, the tie-ins to just exploring the world, right? And so it's sort of that sort of micro and macro balance in a way that you've talked about that we've, we were trying very hard to achieve. And I think a big part of that is just to reinforce the core of this game, which is the journey between Kratos and Atreus, Right, it is. It is an adventure that you're going out on. It's not just combat after combat after combat. It's what are we going to encounter? Right? Is it going to be a combat encounter? Are we going to explore? Are we going to do? Do I need to craft? Like, it's making all of these decisions throughout that journey of wanting to achieve that end goal, and and through the journey having to survive. Right? And so I think I think those pieces had to exist uh, in in that final sort of uh, realization of that journey, right? that, that vision that we that we that we had and so i think uh kind of looking at it with those sort of that micro level and then spanning out to sort of the macro is kind of and then constantly adjusting as we went through uh it was helped us a lot kind of getting to that balance it certainly feels really good i'm i'm very excited to play more the hook is certainly in me for sure um one of the questions that we got a lot from our community was is this game open world from my time with the demo it doesn't feel like a sandbox but there certainly is a lot more exploration than there have been in previous um versions of the franchise you know would you classify this as an open world game so, so the game is not an open world game. Uh, it, it just has, it is, is a, a linear game, uh, with sort of wide open spaces, allowing us to, to have these moments of exploration and discovery. Uh, and the, the, the way I, I talk about it is the levels are, are way, are wider to allow for the spaces to breathe themselves, for allowing the player to engage in aspects of other loops you know, the, the core sort of gameplay loops that we want the player to experience in and then tie that back in to the core story. Now, Corey talks a lot about this, like being sort of on this um, uh, tour bus, right? So that, you know, and you get to hop off, you get to do a little bit and you come back on, right? Onto the sort of main critical path and, and the story. And I think, I think to achieve sort of that core narrative of, of this story, uh, that was, that was critical, right? Of, of keeping the game sort of, uh, linear and and allowing these nice circular uh, avenues to explore and and experience a wider 
uh, um, sort of level space. So I've, I noticed the collectibles are back, which is great. Everyone loves a, a good collectible. But I also noticed that I missed one right away. Am I going to be able to go back and revisit things? Or is that once you're on the tour bus, it's moving forward and there's there's no going back to the first stops? Uh, so there there are always sections that you can retraverse and, and uh, you know, make sure that you, if there's something that you missed behind or, or left behind, that you can revisit and, uh, and grab... Uh, Okay, good, because I don't want to leave anything behind. Um, I have a couple more questions, but just to kind of wrap this up, um, clearly the one camera cut has something been some, that you guys have been talking about that the audience is really excited about. What was the biggest design challenge for your team with the call to go one camera cut? Was Were you able to help create any unique scenes that otherwise wouldn't be possible with multiple cuts? So I think the biggest the biggest challenge was uh, was planning sort of every scene uh, and making sure that from a seamless transition point of view uh, we were able to you know hit it we were able to achieve it because you know we have um, we have you know several scenes with uh, several characters not just Kratos and uh, you know making sure that each character hit their mark, making sure each character approached the scene at the right speed, uh, with the right pose from an animation point of view, with the, light, with the right lighting. Um, so all these things make it significantly harder to just, you know, as opposed to just doing a, a clean cut and, and allowing the scene to progress. Uh, but I think having done that, um, what, what we were able to achieve is that very seamless uh, experience of meshing or blending sort of the gameplay and the narrative together. Uh, and I think the idea of not ever looking away and the idea of always sort of seeing this world uh, uh, and experiencing it through the eyes of Kratos and Atreus uh, always, all the time, uh, kind of really helped reinforce uh, the idea of this journey, the idea of the adventure that they're on uh, and, and sort of the, the, the world that we want the player to see uh, as, is, as is very fresh and very new. Uh, and um, and have them experience it uh, that way, and I think that that hit home for us to be able to deliver on that promise of of this this adventure. Okay, final question. Obviously, Atreus is along for the journey with Kratos, and even though Kratos is who you play as. As Atreus gets stronger and as you will kind of level up and progress throughout this journey, will Atreus's dynamic with Kratos change? Will he start to play a bigger role, maybe taking on responsibilities where Kratos is going to take a step back and let him take a more of a step forward? Like, is that going to manifest from a gameplay pr- perspective? So, yeah, throughout the as the game progresses and as you play. Uh, a big part of this entire game is the core, like at the core is this relationship between Kratos and Atreus. And, and a lot of it is, is kind of, uh, uh, dependent on how that relationship evolves, right? And so we had to, we had to figure out a way to make sure that that relationship wasn't just limited to the, the narrative. It had a place in gameplay as well. And so as Kratos and, and Atreus go through their adventure and as they evolve, uh, both of them change, uh, and you have to stay tuned uh, for <laughs> to see sort of how that evolves and where that goes. Uh, but sort of going back to to the demo, you you know having sort of Atreus be on a player commanded sort of button, uh, 
uh, allowed us to to really dive into that mechanic a little bit deeper, uh, not shy away from uh, what Atreus would sort of do autonomously, uh, because we could put those those things on into the player's sort of uh, you know uh, bucket of weapons or the bucket of arsenal of like, hey, this is on this is now controlled by you. You can choose to use them. Uh, and then leave sort of the autonomous stuff uh, or the complementary stuff onto Atreus. Uh, and so we, we were able to really have fun with that and play with that mechanic and, and allow it to grow and, and evolve as the game progresses. I'm certainly excited to play more, as are everybody listening and watching right now. G, thank you so much for the time, and uh, we're looking forward to God of War when it comes out next month. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I am at Sony Santa Monica sitting down with Corey Barlog. I always want to say your name as Balrog. Please tell me that happens to you all the time. You are not alone. <laughs> Everyone wants to say that. I, it's to the point where I've, I'm just leaning into it at that point. Like, if you call me Balrog, I'm going to respond. Well, at least it's a it's a cool avatar you can wear, right? Right. Yeah, I really like the Street Fighter boxer Balrog versus the uh, the Lord of the Rings Balrog. But honestly, oh, both are cool. deep cut there, right? Nice. There is actually I always tell this story, but there is actually in my town when I grew up at the bowling alley, an arcade cabinet. Of Street Fighter 2 Turbo uh, that had a misprint, so the boxer's name was Barlog. And I have yet to find that actual cabinet, because I feel like that can't be the only one that had the misprint. There had to right? be a series of them, but I cannot find it. So Maybe somebody on the internet will find it for yeah, you. Someone, if you know about this, please tweet at me, because <laughs> I will buy that cabinet. Someone's just going to make one at that point and be like, I'm going to sell it to you. Yeah, why not? million dollars. Well, we are here today to talk about God of War. It is coming out so soon, and we got a sneak peek at some meaty gameplay today, and I had a lot of fun. I'm going to reserve my thoughts until later, but I have so many questions. We reached out to our fans on Twitter and on Facebook and asked them, what do you guys want to hear about? What do you want to know about from, from Corey and the team? And one of the questions that came up quite a bit was why the change from Greek to Norse mythology? Mm, interesting. Um, well, right from the get-go, I knew we sort of had exhausted Greek mythology. I mean, uh, Ascension was pulling Hecatonchus as sort of the opening boss, and that is a very deep cut from Greek mythology. Um, so we had really kind of uh, drained the well, and the only way I was looking at Greek mythology is if we just did a complete reboot, right? And I'm not a huge fan of, like, pretending that the past doesn't exist, right? I like the idea that everything that we did is this sort of preamble to what comes next, right? And then eventually this game will be a preamble to what comes next. It all kind of is this beautiful sort of advancing forward in history and time. Uh, and uh, the, the sort of core story that I knew I wanted to tell was about Kratos and Atreus. It was about him and his son. And, man, when I started looking at all the mythologies, the one that provided that isolation was Norse myth. And it not only had this amazing, weird sense of humor to it, which I knew we needed to incorporate some levity into this game, it was going to be a much longer adventure, although at the time I had no idea how much longer. It's a lot <laughs> longer. Um, but, you know, like it, it was sort of the natural fit. Well, it certainly is coming through in some of the gameplay that we've seen in this early demo. Um, how are we going to see the relationship between Atreus and Kratos evolve throughout the progression. Clearly at the beginning, you no, know, it's very much leaning into this dad of war idea like I'm in charge and you're going to listen to me and go where I tell you. But he's 
Atreus is pushing back even now in the, in the early parts of the game. Are we going to see that pushback become stronger and stronger throughout the game to the point where maybe he's going to overtake Kratos at some point? Or is that maybe jumping the gun a bit? Maybe jumping the gun, but I mean, it is going to be a really big arc. I mean, the stuff that we begin with, you know, Kratos is awkward, right? They, they, they definitely have a relationship in which Kratos is not terribly comfortable in his own skin. Uh, and it takes this journey for him to kind of figure out, get his sea legs, if you will, as a, as a dad. But at the same time, you know, Atreus goes through a pretty tremendous uh, arc in this journey. He's lived in the forest that they live in for a really long time. So to go out on kind of a road trip with his dad, he's lived a very sheltered life. So it's like going out into the, the big wild world. There's a lot to experience. And... I don't know. I mean, having Kratos as your dad has got to be a really crazy <laughs> experience, right? <laughs> and you really look at it, like the family life that Kratos has had, his role models for fatherhood really are like Zeus, right? And and, and then Zeus, his role model was Kronos, right? And, and Kronos wanted to eat his kids, so then his kids killed him. So Zeus killed his own father, and then the same thing. He fears Kratos, so he tries to kill his own son, forcing his son to kill him. Like, you have this horrible sort of Greek tragedy happening and now you've got a guy who knows he's got to figure out how to change his life, right? Kratos' life has been pretty bad up to this point, and it's been bad, he says, because of other people. He blames other people for his problems, and his way to fix it is, please erase my memories. Pretend that I never did all these things. He doesn't process anything. So while he may not know it in the beginning of the game, uh, he is going to have to learn how to process these things. And, and his son... He really is kind of this catalyst for change, right? He is the thing that's going to pull the humanity out of him. There really is a sense of that humanity coming through, even in this er the early stages of the game. It was apparent right away that the emotion was really being held back within him, like this kind of inner tempest feeling that really came through. I like that inner tempest. Nice. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got all of this rage inside of him, yeah. right? Um, a lot of the people that wrote in wanted to know how is the brutality that the franchise is really known for going to be managed with this emotion, with this kind of more tender relationship that Kratos has with Atreus, is that brutality still going to shine through or is it going to take a backseat? Um, I don't know if it's either of those things. I mean, you kind of look at it and you see context to me is the key for everything. So everything that, that we do in this world kind of has a why, has a, a, a sort of framing to understand what they're doing. They're in a, we're telling a, a story in a, in a period of time that is extremely sort of lived by the sword, right? This is a very unforgiving time. This is nothing like modern day, right? Walking down the street is an extremely dangerous thing in which monsters exist everywhere. A lot of things can kill you, right? The things that kill us in the modern day are, are, are less obvious most of the time, right? Whereas this time period, he's got to raise his son in a way that, you know, if I'm not around, is he going to be able to handle himself? But then at the same time, he's got the burden of, I'm a terrible god, and I have blamed godhood for all of my problems. If my son is a god, right, and there's still probably part of him that wishes maybe he's not, right, mm -hmm. and then I'm not going to tell him, there's a big part of him holding that back, right, he doesn't want him to experience any of this stuff, but then when he has to face that, he kind of has to face it in a way of like, I need you to be better than I was, so even in the beginning when he's telling him, don't be sorry, be better, that is the preamble to this idea of pretty much 
parent and child relationships, whether you're a kid with your parents, they're always trying to make you not make their mistakes, right? They mm-hmm. really want you to not have the same mistakes. As a parent, you're doing the same thing. I feel like I tell my dad this all the time of like how right he was of all the things that he had said now because I'm going through that same thing. But then magnify it to this idea of, you know, being one of the sort of polytheistic belief gods that, that, that actually has this sort of burden uh, thrust upon him. Right, and he's had to pass that on, and he has no idea how to do it. Right, he has no role models for this. He's never had any sort of father figures, so it is. It is not something that I think takes away from brutality, but brutality is not there for brutality's sake. Right, right. That, that, that Kratos is still who he is. He is older. He is wiser. He is more measured. He is more thoughtful in his decisions, but he's still a very. Uh, well-trained Spartan warrior who's also a demigod. So you will have these amazing sort of God of War moments, but I hope, for me, the goal of this is it is punctuated by an emotional connection to all of it, so it just hits harder. It's not the comic sort of lampoon version of violence. It's more like, wow, this is... You think about it. You walk away from that experience going... What would I have done in that situation? It's more thought-provoking, I think, than, check it out, I mean, his head bleed. (laughs) No, absolutely. It certainly felt a lot more visceral. And obviously, the graphical gore is something that the franchise is known for. But because of the new camera style and the amazing, beautiful graphics that we saw on the PlayStation Pro, like it just feels a lot more gritty and raw in a way that I wasn't quite ready for. Yeah. Um, so certainly um, a little bit of a hesitation from someone like me who gets a little queasy at some of that stuff. But speaking of you know the kind of the goriness, I want to talk a little bit about that within Kratos's character. So he's not really like a lovable guy, right? He's very much like an anti-hero kind of a figure. Really, some could argue is just a straight up bad dude from a certain perspective. Yeah. And, you know, really kind of trying to shift the focus of who he is as a character for this time around. In this day and age, in a a year like 2018, where there is such a current pushback against toxic masculinity and kind of what that means, what does that mean for a character like Kratos? And did that kind of cultural moment that's happening right now affect the way that you guys wrote him or you designed him? Did you take that into account at all? Were you it's concerned about it? It's interesting because I think a lot of this stuff happened after the, the, the shift sort of happened after we had kind of steered in the direction we were steering in. Uh, and interesting how some of it does align. It's like we're not trying to pretend that any of his sort of past doesn't exist. We're looking at it as this sort of we've shown you a single dimension of this character and you look at it and you go, I know exactly what that is. I know exactly what this character is. And then you look at it from a different angle, realizing that everyone is far more complicated than sort of the initial impression of them. And I think for me, there's a a big part of even a lesson I would want my son to learn. This idea that strength and emotional vulnerability and sort of the ability to experience more emotions, the full range of emotions, are not diametrically opposed concepts. They are not fighting concepts. They are not a seesaw. Let's say if you're strong, then you can't have emotion. You can't be vulnerable. It's like, I don't think that's good for anybody. I think they have to see that that strength comes from the ability to both be strong and vulnerable at the same time. Right? That That is how we connect to other people. We find heroes on uh, uh, in movies and film interesting because they're flawed 
right, that, 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 that they fail and pick themselves back up. That pick yourself back up moment is what drives us, right, to say, wow, I, I do, I fail. I fail daily, right? I, 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 I screwed up the other day. I could pick myself up just like that character, right? And I think Kratos tapped into this concept of the unbridled rage, right? This sort of monster that exists within all of us, and that monster is of different sizes and has a different amount of chain holding them back, right? And Kratos was no chain and monster out all the time. Gets a little boring, I think, creatively as well, if that's all it is, right? Because I think we are desiring every aspect, right? Desiring the sort of the, the yin to the yang, the balance to all of this. And that, to me, was the, the driver of every one of our changes. And it does seem to coincide with, I think, a lot of people are looking for the full range of human experience. Absolutely. Now, one final question. Um, this has to do with the overall themes of the game. Now, previous games have focused on themes like revenge, manipulation, betrayal. What themes can we expect to see run through this game? Maybe forgiveness, growth, maturity, family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the sort of tone and themes that I've always been touching on are, you know, family and how we relate, right? How we relate to each other. Uh, grief and how, as, as human beings, we grieve. And how that makes us so uniquely human. The concept that strength and vulnerability are not fighting each other, right? That, that, that strong people fail and feel vulnerable, right? And that it is not a weakness, right? I think that's a huge thing for me. Uh, there is a bit of redemption, but I think... When I say redemption, a lot of people think, oh, Kratos is, is actively, consciously seeking redemption. And I think he does not know this, right? He still is a character who has stamped out so much of himself that he is kind of hit rock bottom, right? And realized that being alone and uh, stuck with his thoughts is not good. He is not going to heal that way. He has no idea how to heal. But he does know that the monster inside of him has to be controlled. He has to at least control that. And if for nothing else than for his son. Because if his son can just be a little bit better than he was, maybe inside of that is a bit of that redemption. Well, Corey, this has been great. I could keep asking you questions all day long, but I know you've got lots of other people to talk to. Uh, Thank you so much for the time, and we're looking forward to God of War when it releases in April. That's right. Me too. 420. Great. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) 